tuning into Roll Call. The movie you selected is Pursuit of Happiness. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll Call, the show where two childless millennials gush over movies and follow an actor's journey from their early years throughout their blockbuster hits. Because, let's face it, we all know the thrill of, he's a runner, he's a track star, running (gasps) to the blockbuster to get there on time just before they close so you can get that movie. (sighs) Boy, oh boy, did this movie make my freaking legs hurt and I wasn't even (laughs) doing the running. This movie is brought to you in part by running. Sketchers, it's the yes. No. <laughs> um, what's up, everybody? Today is a special episode because we've got another guest, and we've got our friend Shalina from Everything Nineties with us, the Everything Nineties podcast. What's up? What's up? Welcome. We're so excited. And if you haven't, please go check out her show. And we have an episode on her show along with. Um, chasing childhood and we did a 90s versus 2000 verses so awesome and also keep in tabs i'm sure you heard the ad for the spice girls trivia night yes um (laughs) that was me (laughs) so i'm sure she's gonna be doing more awesome things like that have like a destiny's child one uh i was thinking that too yeah or r&b in general like 90s oh count me already signed up but yeah (laughs) so what's up everybody i'm bria and this this part of my life is called i don't know what i'm doing so (laughs) welcome welcome to the to the show (laughs) oh man i feel that uh hey everyone i'm simone this movie made me super nostalgic for just spending a day around sf taking hopping muni trains going on bart trains this uh this brought back some fond memories so and some like uncovered memories too question mark so (laughs) i'm excited to get into it what are we talking about today bria in today's episode we'll chat about will smith and the 2006 drama pursuit of happiness so let's take a trip back to december of 2006 all right so my first little pop culture segment, I'm just going to talk about like general happenings in 2006. But since this movie came out in December, I thought I would do something different. And I pulled up like the most popular holiday, like oh. wish list toys of that year. Oh, nice. Um, Rock band. <laughs> or and then. Hero. Yeah, and there's a really cool article, too, from Cosmopolitan that talked about, like, what Christmas in 2006 was like. So I'm excited to get to that. But before we do, um, Facebook, in 2006, Facebook officially became open to anybody over the age of 13, um, which slowly started to seal the deal for MySpace with the years later to come as Facebook began to gain popularity um, as the problematic months. website Twitter was launched in 2006. <laughs> I just joined. I just joined the Twitter. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Don't judge me by I'm what late. I wind I'm up super tweeting. Late. I have to follow you there. So. <laughs> yeah, I've never I've never had a Twitter. I, I leave that humbly to Bria, but I 
I I remember, I mean, at least in the early phases of Twitter, and I guess Facebook was like this too, just like, here's a here's a picture of this tuna salad that I ate for lunch. Uh, Twitter was like the same thing, but in word form, like eating a tuna salad for lunch. And I was just like, why? <laughs> it's still very much people's like random ass thoughts. And now it's probably a little more thought out, like in terms of trying to be funny and viral. But, um, mm. but I remember tweeting from my lovely like chocolate or my razor and tweeting via text. Like there was a number that you use to uh-huh. like attach oh. to your account that you would like text your tweets to. <laughs> so, Ooh. so what a struggle. <laughs> man, man. man. Um, in 2006, the top song was Irreplaceable by Beyonce, like overall top song. And this is why you need to listen to her, Shalina. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, some of the top movies of this year, not just movies in December, which I'll get into, but the top movies overall were Dreamgirls, Mission Impossible 3, The Da Vinci Code, and Happy Feet. Um, the... Uh, some of the top comedians at the time were Jim Gaffigan, Dimitri Martin, and Dane Cook. <laughs> Dane Cook. I know that. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I had Dane Cook comedy albums on CD. I listened to that a <laughs> lot. And then I was like on my iPod as well. I have it like probably it's probably still memorized. Um, I, I've I never listened it. to like a comedy album. Wow. Me neither. Oh. I've never done it. Nice. Well, and speaking of albums, uh, created in 2000, Blu-ray discs were made more available in 2006, and they can contain up to five times more information than a DVD. So this is like, I remember, like, in the mid early thousands, having to convert my VHS collection to a DVD collection. And then when Blu-ray came out, I was like, oh my God, another thing. Because when (laughs) they would re-release it on Blu-ray and then it would have like more behind the scenes, more director's cut, more bloopers, whatever, whatever. Like when like Titanic, when that was like re-released on Blu-ray, I was like, well, I gotta get it. So... uh media's ever changing forms i feel like if when media changes i feel like if you already have a copy they should allow you to just like up like trade it in or upgrade like mm-hmm. i've already bought this once oh like, yeah well i mean definitely companies like disney are gonna be like no you're gonna keep paying me money and not <laughs> out like, of the vault out of the you're vault like that fucking we gimmick. were just talking of me and kevin were just talking about that the other day he's like so what is what is is it was like a figural like a literal or a figurative vault that just like they just would stop releasing it i'm like no they would take every single thing off the shelf and then like cram it in this big metal vault <laughs> in this hq and like lock up the doors Uh, could you imagine well speaking of disney um bambi and bambi 2 hold the record for the longest gap in between movie sequels the first being released in 1942 and bambi 2 electric boogaloo was released 64 years later in 1942 yeah wow yeah that was like we need a bambi sequel bambi 2 finding his mom Oh snap! I thought she died. I know it's a joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
A bad joke is a bad joke. All right, well, so I'll end on this. Disney quietly cut ties with McDonald's in 2006 as to not be associated with childhood obesity. So the last kid's meal toy. R.I.P. the fry cart. R.I.P. ye oldie fried cart, man. And so the last kid's meal toys were from the Cars series that did come out in 06 and Pirates of the Caribbean to Dead Man's Chest. Interesting. Yes. So, in speaking of toys, The Pursuit of Happiness came out in December of 2006. I thought you were going to say they had toys. No! I know, me too. <laughs> me too. I'm like, wait, wait. It had a Burger what? King line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Play therapist with your friends. <laughs> oh, no. As a figure of Glide Memorial Church. <laughs> Um, oh my God. a basketball and a Captain America figurine. <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, bone density. Oh, bone density. <laughs> Which, you okay. <laughs> Here's a side note. I was trying to look up how I couldn't find how heavy those things were because I couldn't find like a vintage model of it. Um, I could only see like newer models of portable bone density scans. But how. How heavy you think that thing was? Like at least twenty pounds, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it looked like carrying around like an old, like like a projector. I um, thought it was a typewriter at first. Oh, when yeah. I first saw it, but yeah, yeah. it had to be heavy. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So seeing him like trying to like catch the bus, like, oh my god, his arm must have been so strong. So, anyways, sorry, Burger King does not have a toy line for the pursuit of happiness, but this movie was released in the holidays in December. So here are some of the hot holiday toys of 2006. So you all will have to tell me, smash or pass with these toys. <laughs> uh, the first one was the Nintendo Wii came out in 2006. Smash or pass with Wii? Pass. Smash, I still have mine. Yeah. Wait, and it's smash, still works. smash means yes? Yes. I mean, yes. Oh, okay. Pass means no. Pass. Oh, okay. Smash. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It still works. Yeah, yes. I was just yeah. playing it. Like, <laughs> my arm was killing me afterwards, but... Ballin? <laughs> well, because I thought I lost my Wii Sports disc for the longest time. So I was like, "There's, n- I don't really want to play just Was it just inside anymore. the machine? No, it was in another cd thing okay oh but i didn't know it it was terrible but anyways i was like oh it is here and unlocked a bunch of memories (laughs) also i made me's of like everyone in my life at time including my teachers weirdo but that's cute that's high praise (laughs) my grandparents are still there in me form like so that's really sweet But anyways, yes, smash. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, this toy's been around forever, it seems like, but there was another version of Tickle Me Elmo uh in 2006 it was the 10th anniversary and his squeaky high laughs and body movements grow more pronounced with successive tickles so are we smashing or passing smash smash he's an icon i i owned i owned one not the new one but the original one yeah and i i liked um almost world <laughs> he was my favorite sesame street character <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm passing. I think Leah got one at like a 
because she's three years older than me, so she was probably like 19, 18, 19. She, yeah, she's like 19 this time. So she might have went to like a friend's house for a silly white elephant gift exchange and had gotten this. And this thing would go off in the middle of the night. So I could hear oh. it in her closet across the hallway. <laughs> and I was just like, no, 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 no. But why was it going off in the middle of the night? Demons. Is it's my like Furbies. Only... <laughs> yeah. Oh, Furbies like malfunction. Oh, too, like... oh, my Furbies. Yeah. It's like, what do you want? He called Boba. <laughs> Whatever the Furby. <laughs> that sounds like Jabba the Hutt, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Next toy a robot assembled from new Lego Mindstorms NXT kit was released. It was like. It looked kind of like, I'm going to share my screen, actually, uh, in case you'd like to see. This is what he looked like. Does, does this come to mind? I can't even remember that. Not really. Okay. Is this 2006? It is 2006. Oh. I don't know what he did, <laughs> but it was a high-tech robot. It was all about getting kids ready for the future. Yeah, like, getting kids yeah. ready in that STEM, that tech. Yeah. I loved, I love Legos. I have a few Lego sets myself um, as an adult. <laughs> um, but as a kid, I loved Legos and Connects. Like, I loved playing with my cousins, my boy cousins. They had, like, a shit ton, and I always wanted them. And then when I asked for Legos, I just got, like, the the big giant ass ones you play with like at the doctor's oh. office mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like this is not what i meant i want to build spaceships and cars and shit <laughs> so i probably would have like wanted this like oh like i could build a robot <laughs> yeah no this, it looks it's, really outdated now it's, <laughs> yeah it does it looks kind of like a star tours robot yeah <laughs> yeah a little bit it does um all right this next one um <gasps> model leah silver plays with the speed stack stack pack say that 10 times fast um <sighs> the toy wishes holiday preview preview in new york toy wishes magazine selected speed stacks from play along as one of the 12 hottest toys on the market the game challenges kids to stack and restack cups in precise formations I remember seeing a kid do this on Disney Channel, and then I feel like that's when it like, yeah, like, took off. It's still like a thing that kids do. Yes. It is. Yeah. When I was a child and youth care worker. This was very popular, mm-hmm. um, and it was. I only learned about these recently, like seeing oh, that really? it was around since two thousand six. I'm like, oh, where was I? <laughs> Yeah. My thing is, like, it's very interesting to me that you get to basically sell something that everybody already has, but yeah. for the purpose of, <laughs> like, speed stacking them. Like Maybe. And I was thinking that, too. I was like, that's why I'm passing, because why would I spend probably, I don't know, whatever, $15, let's say, on a pack of 12 cups that i already have in my house but it, it's probably like you know it's the regulation of it they're they're all of <laughs> size yeah. and whatever they're lighter makes you go faster yeah all that <laughs> all that yeah, stuff. i mean look at the the technology on them you know with the like the different like size of the like rim and the bottom and stuff and the whole yeah. exciting 
Um, another popular thing from 2006 was the Digi Makeover. This one was, oh. this is, it's kind of like a pre-filter where you would put <laughs> your face into it, see these big long cords that go into the, ki into the TV, the yellow and the white cord. <laughs> so it would plug from into the device, into your TV. You would take a picture of yourself and then you could like, change your looks you could put like makeup on you can change the color of your hair so the beginning of many of our body dysmorphia exactly exactly yeah. who approved of this men probably <laughs> they're like we hate little children <laughs> you know what little girls need <laughs> to hate themselves free plastic surgery <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, Monopoly was here to stay in 2006 as well. America has voted Monopoly here and now. Um, I Did they change anything? Don't know. They property on the board. Oh, they had Times Square, Rodeo Drive. It looks like it's more like Las more Vegas. Yeah, it's not just like set in one area. It's like all around the world. Cool. Well, nice. Monopoly is fun. Monopoly's on for a minute, <laughs> and then you lose your money, and then you're... You... It's too close to life, to be it's honest. It's too close, <laughs> yeah, you know? Um, this one also was called a Flywheels XPV. It was a radio-controlled... It was like an early drone, like a little radio-controlled... I was a tomboy when it came to toys, so anything like boys had, give it to me. An RC car, a monster <laughs> truck, I want it. Like mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. sign me up. <laughs> um, this one was a fun one. We have do, 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 Barbie and the 12 Dancing Princesses uh, from 2006. This, might, this looks like, I don't know, like a sugar plum fairy line. Um, here are Bratz Forever Diamond. We also have ma Magtastic Toys. It looks like everything that's magnetized. So you get to make a little um, fucked up creature <laughs> with magnets. Looks like a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> looks like magnets to me. Uh, and then we have a Kid Tough digital camera, which I had one of these. Um, it took fake pictures <laughs> oh, or, did it? or you could put a disposable camera inside and it just gave you like a bigger grip to click and take pictures i'm pretty oh. sure i had this or something like this i'm pretty sure i had a real digital camera by then so <laughs> yeah pass for me <laughs> All right. Well, really quickly, I'll switch over to 10 things that will bring you back to the holidays in 2006. This is an article um, by Diana Brooke uh, from uh, Cosmopolitan. We have the Victoria's Secret Christmas catalog. Mm. Um, I recently just hopped on my social media and gave a big fuck you to Victoria's Secret because they are trying to like rebrand themselves as a more accessible company now but I, to me there's just you can't undo years mm -hmm. of what that company is, has built but i still get it 2006 was like a huge height for victoria's secret and i like used pink. to love the fashion shows i'm not gonna lie i used to watch them on youtube so. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I mean, they had great deals, I'm sure, in this catalog with like holiday fragrance sets, lots of love spells. One thing they did have, and it's later down here in the article, I audibly gasped and was like, oh, I had this. The mad sparkly or the um, the noir tease shimmer. It, it looks familiar. Color. It looks familiar. Yeah, it like you basically pumped a little bit of shimmer from the bottom and then you like swiped it all over your face or your chest and it was like slightly like vanilla scented or something I think. oh like the highlighter of its yes. time <laughs> yes it was like early 2006 so highlighter. you can walk around looking like edward cullen <laughs> <laughs> that was like two years but ahead of its time but yes. yeah oh my god what if stephanie myers like had that and she's like this reminds me of what i think a vampire looks like <laughs> <laughs> and that's how she wrote the book um other things that were popular in christmas 2006 or the holidays 2006 uh brat stalls the holiday comes out oh, holiday. um so you have a bad day Ba-na-ma-na-na. that song comes Daniel out powder yes uh bad bitch pink razor bones bejeweled jeans low rise of course v-neck silky baby doll dresses the Grey's Anatomy Christmas special, don't ask me about it because I didn't watch it. <laughs> the Victoria's Secret holiday commercials with all of the girls in lingerie. We have the red Starbucks sleeves for like that gave them a frosty makeover because I think this was like before Starbucks started doing the like cups. So um, they might have just done the sleeve. So there we go. What a time. All right, Brea, hit us with your pop culture corner. All right, real quick. We have some cover boys in the building because Will Smith is not just on magazines by himself. He's on magazines with his son, Jaden. So he's on Entertainment Weekly, Jet, and Ebony, of course. And then um, quickly, I wanted to hit us with some bop culture. Number one R&B singles, this includes hip-hop because they can't seem to categorize black music correctly, but uh, number one singles of 2006, Mary J. Blige had a chokehold on us at the beginning of the year with Be Without You, classic. T.I. followed up with What You Know, What You Know About That. Young Jock with It's Going Down, Meet Me at the Club. Oh, yeah. It's Going Down. (laughs) And we followed it up with another crunk classic, Snap Your Fingers and And Do do Your Step. step. Yes. Cassie got her, I wouldn't call her a one-hit wonder because I like a few of her other songs, but her biggest song, Me and You, came out. Um, Young Dro, Shoulder Lean, featuring T.I., who was on his label. Then, of course, we're getting Beyonce, featuring Jay-Z with Deja Vu. Mm -hmm. Chingy and Tyrese with Pulling Me Back, another classic with... Oh, what's his name? Jason uh, Weaver. (laughs) Weaver. Yes, Jason Weaver, Young Simba um, on the chorus. Um, Smart guy. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, The brother. Yes, Marcus on Smart Guy. Um, Janet Jackson comes back out post Super Bowl with her next album. Well, not next album, but another album, 20YO, featuring the hit song Call On Me with Nelly. Um, and then we have Say Goodbye by Chris Brown, <laughs> Money Maker, Shake Your Money, Make It Like Somebody, Ludacris and Pharrell, and Irreplaceable by Beyonce closed out December. So is the song, like he said, of 2006 December. 
we also have some sad deaths um, in the black community. Coretta Scott King and James Brown passed away in 2006. Mm. Um, they have memorial covers for them for the Jet magazine, so that's how I found that out. Um, Beyonce was officially on her own with B-Day, but she is not the only member of Destiny Child who's making waves in 2006. Latoya Luckett came out finally with a solo album and her hit song Torn, which love that song, love the video. Will Demps in the video, Chef's Kiss, uh, very attractive man. Um, Sierra came out with her uh, sophomore album Evolution, which featured the hit song Promise, which uh, oh, yes. tell you about that. Yeah. Forgot about that one. Yes, love that uh, song and that video. Um, Run's House was a staple on MTV. We got introduced to a young Diggy Simmons and Angela and Vanessa with their shoes pastry. So yes. I watched Run's House all the time. Um, whose house? Run's house. And retired football player Emmett Smith won Dancing with the Stars. And so... Also on that season was our Independence Day co-star, Vivica A. Fox. So that was um, another Jet cover that I did not foresee (laughs) being a thing. But it's cool. Black people on Dancing with the Stars. Yes. And now we move on over to the box office of 2006. What movies came out this month? Yes. In addition to The Pursuit of Happiness, other movies that were released in December were Blood Diamond, The Holiday, The Good Shepherd, which has Matt Damon and Robert De Niro in it, um, Air Buddies, which I think we talked about. <laughs> oh, dogs, yes. <laughs> With all those little golden retrievers. Uh, we Are Marshall, which has Matthew McConaughey in it. That's like a sports movie. Letters from Iwo Jima, Night at the Museum, Dream oh, Girls, and yes. Factory Girl. Mm, serious. Yes. Were you dream girls? Have you seen Dream Girls, Shalina? Yes, but I don't think from beginning to end. I think like just pieces. Oh, Beyonce's uh, in that too. <laughs> what's that? I said Beyonce's in that too. Oh yes, so. I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> I know Jennifer, did Jennifer get an award for that? She movie? did. Jennifer yeah. Hudson. Yeah. Yeah, she got okay. an Oscar. She won an Oscar. Yes. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. I thought it would have been magical if Beyonce got one too, but for best supporting yeah no one i want to get oscars seem to win (laughs) except for will and then you know we all know what happened there anyways the box office for uh for pursuit of happiness um the budget was estimated at 55 million dollars the gross in u.s and canada came in at 163.5 million and opening weekend U.S. Canada is twenty six point five million, so about half. Mm-hmm. And gross worldwide three hundred and seven million dollars. Nice, so pretty successful Jeez. movie for a drama and not an action sci fi CGI heavy film for Will. Right, right. So super impressed. I'm wondering. I'm sure we could look this up really quickly, but Chris Gardner had to have been signed off to get some kind of royalties, right? For like whatever. He's also in the credits. 
Yes. Okay. He's one of the producers or he executive did, producers. Yes. And then he had a walk-on role at the very end after um, he, he, Chris was like accepted into the brokerage firm. Um, and they're like kind of like walking together. Him and Christopher are walking together. They pass another uh, person on the street. And that's the real Chris Gardner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, end. he was definitely involved and on set. And, okay. Um, uh, even the the jet, I think the jet article or the ebony article um, on the movie, a lot of it is heavily like about him and his yeah. real situation, and less so Will and Jaden, mm-hmm. or it's intermingled. So yeah, and he did a lot of like press release for this too. He was on a lot of the talk shows. So. He was on Oprah with them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. cool. And I didn't know that apparently, too, Ebony was the first to, like, write about him in the media, apparently, and then other news outlets picked up his story, so that's kind of cool. Nice. Um, But, yeah, so we don't have a little Raj review for Pursuit of Happiness. I think there's one that exists. I don't know why it's not on his website or, like, the the Chicago Sun-Times, but there is an article on his website um, called Happiness is a Good Father by Omer M. Mazafar. Sorry if I butchered that. Um, It's not so much a review, I think, but he does have some good points. I did read uh, the review from Entertainment Weekly and then the SF Chronicle or SF paper because I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. We're Bay Area based, and mm-hmm. this movie was in the Bay Area, but it was a really generic review to me. But so, reading the article that's on Roger Ebert's site, um, I think it's really is- interesting because apparently this guy is a professor, so I guess he has like his students watch uh, this movie and you know wants to ask them questions about like happiness and stuff. But I like that he points out um, that. This movie takes many directions that Hollywood movie usually takes. At first, he seems to answer the question of the pursuit of happiness um, the way we would expect a Hollywood filmmaker to answer. You know, that happiness is wealth. We get to see all the rich, happy people, you know. And then he goes on to say that secondly, you know, it takes place in the 80s. So a lot of these people are white and people of color are kind of just opposed as um he says angry depressed or broke broken the one exception is will smith who effortlessly carries almost every scene with charm and delicate strength his chris gardner is trying to be his best to become happy while everyone in his environment is breaking him down third he says happiness is based on a true story underdog who defeats all odds overcoming all obstacles every time his life gets hopeful a piano starts it's simple medley and um and he goes on to talk about too like the importance and i've seen this in other articles i think like in the ebony article will talks about this like why he wanted to do this movie a part of it is like the imagery of seeing a father who in the in this article, the Roger Ebert article, is sympathetic, caring, intelligent, and dignified, and just this 
imagery of black fatherhood that is like not stereotypically shown in media so this was a chance to like show something that we typically didn't get to see um i do like that this guy goes on to say that you know it's great that that happens but unfortunately all the women that carry any substance are hopeless <laughs> and so he points out thandy newton's character and even the daycare lady and mm. the hippie girl that he asked to watch his device and you know he points out it seems that hollywood's only way to praise a father is to attack the, the mothers um mm. so i really liked this article i felt like I wasn't expecting this. I definitely thought Roger Ebert had a review or somebody had a review on his website. But yeah, a professor, I think more professors should write movie <laughs> articles. <laughs> but I liked I liked the points that he made in this. I thought it was really well done. And it confirmed like some of my thoughts and feelings on this movie. Um, so we don't know what Lil Raj would have ranked this. I feel like he would have gave it probably like three and a half to three stars, maybe a four, but he's a man of mystery sometimes. So, so that still leaves Legend of Bagger Vance as his highest rated film. Unfortunately, hasn't yes. fucking re- <laughs> I, I am like, I, I see, because I thought that there would be a redemption today since so you know every week we always switch off of like who does it so i was like looking forward to the mystery and so as i was just putting the sweatshirt on right before we started recording i was like if Lil Raj doesn't give this four stars or doesn't give this higher than Ledger, legend of bagger vance like i'm gonna not have to wear the sweatshirt for a while like i'm gonna be like a little miffed about it but then i'm like perplexed why he didn't write I don't know if this was like the start of like his health issues or something, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I was kind of bummed too because I was looking forward to his uh, very concise way of explaining things. But yes, Shalina, our guest, what do you think yes. of Pursuit of Happiness? How many pumps of butter would you give this movie on a scale of one to four being the highest? Ooh, I would say four, four pumps of butter. Um, I didn't really see any flaws with it. I I watched it again uh, today just to remind myself of the plot. Um, But yeah, I think it was well done. His story was highlighted in a a great way, uh, Chris Chris Gardner's story. Um, And it made me think, I remember the first time I watched it, it made me really think about uh, people experiencing homelessness. And like, you just never know who on the street you walk by may be experiencing it. They're not, it's not always, you know, the, the people that you see on the street. It could just, it could be anyone. Yeah. So, yeah. Really I remember true. taking that away f- from it. Yeah. Simone? I'm also going four pumps. I'm going four pumps and I'm also bringing extra napkins to use as tissues because <laughs> This one, I don't often cry in movies, but this one definitely evoked several moments of like anxiety and panic for me, just watching him like run from one place to another or like just the the misfortune and like, like happenal circumstances. I, I, I'm, I'm misusing the phrases, but like, it just is like one stream of bad thing after another, after another, after another. And the... So that like got me just feeling very like panicked. Like it kind of reminds me, this is a weird analogy, but it's like similar to how the movie Superbad makes me feel where it's just like, <laughs> like Superbad's funny, 
but it's like one bad thing happening to these kids over and over and over again and digging themselves like deeper into this hole. <laughs> and so that's kind of what it reminded me of. And there's a Kurt Vonnegut has this like chart called the shape of stories. And I think this one is called like categorized under that man in a whole story of just, you know, you're rooting for this person to get themselves out and then they have to do other things that put themselves further into the hole and but we're like rooting for them the whole time to eventually find a way to climb out yeah um man all right well i would give this four as well but i've got hot sauce in my bag so (laughs) my perception of this movie is not so flowery it's a little spicy um i think this is a great movie in terms of it's great storytelling it's great acting it's Mm -hmm. great direction cinematography all the things you want in a movie basically like it does that very well the caveat i feel of this movie is i feel like not that like the movie didn't age well but like the way this story was told didn't age well to me especially seeing mm-hmm. finding out that a lot of things in the movie like didn't add add up in garner's real life or didn't happen how they happened yes. in the movie they yeah. and you know we expect that we expect some things to be dramatized and stuff like that but i feel like his life story is so compelling without doing all that or you know just telling it like it was but i think the 2006 of it all is like let's put this in a nice package and you know tell it but i think in 2022 if someone told this story it'd be vastly different and very real and thinking about where the world is now in economics and in america and hell fuck san francisco the bay area homelessness is so bad like tent cities and stuff and Thinking about that and watching this and having this overarching ideal that this is the American dream and this is like even no matter how low you get and all these things being in this hole, you can pull yourself up and, you know, achieve like this huge success. And I just think that part of it is bullshit. Like the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm just like, if systems were better in this country this would not be like this like it would not be this much of a of a thing for this man to find somewhere to stay with his child tax issues like you know all all the stuff he's going through i was just like if like if we just had better resources like this shouldn't be a story like this shouldn't happen to people and so that's where the my spicy take comes from but like in terms of a movie like it's very well uh movie-fied but Mm -hmm. but yeah it just made me like get mad at (laughs) at the united states (laughs) and the government and all the things but yeah let's talk let's talk more about um the trailer Mm -hmm. i think typical sappy like inspirational film trailer yes that has the song "Ooh, child things are gonna be easier um it you you know kind of what it's going to be about and i think this movie inspired a lot of people i think to learn more about chris gardner um i would say 
it this had the exposure to a lot like a wider audience or and I'll say a whiter audience too. Um, I know movies like this really inspired my mom. Um, and so the year after Pursuit of Happiness came out, we volunteered as a family in 2007 Christmas at Glide Memorial Church and Chris Gardner was there and did a um, a speech and she like nudged me. She's like, that's the guy from the movie, the, the Pursuit of Happiness movie, like that's the real guy. And that was like what inspired her to do that. And I, I think, you know, with even just with, and I, I'm like getting way off topic with a trailer, but I think that if you didn't know about him and his story, and this was kind of, and Chris Gardner does like TED Talks and motivational speak, speaking and books and all that. It's so like he had the book Pursuit of Happiness as well. Um, I think this was a, a way for a lot of people to like learn about this, about this story. It was the start of a new, I don't know. That's neat that you uh, volunteer. Your family volunteered at the the church there. Yeah, you got to see him. Did you get to meet him as well? Or no, 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 okay. no. Um, it was the the ser- the service because uh, we're Jewish, so we don't have anything to do on Christmas typically. So we, uh, um, the service was. I mean, the like room that they hold all the people in, um, I guess like the main church room was really, really big. Um, and we were kind of like off to the back. And then once the service was done, we went downstairs and served hot food um, to residents that were living there. Um, and then I went back again, it was like around Thanksgiving time. And it was for my um, undergrad, but I already like knew I was going to be getting in the education field, but we have to do like certain volunteer hours. Um, But yeah, I just, I, I think for, we see homelessness a lot in the Bay area, especially whenever we make a trip out into San Francisco. Um, And I think for families to see this like success story, I would say of one, and again, this is like a very singular story. This doesn't happen to everybody, right? Um, But I just remember like the exposure of this kind of movie to to people like me was like, whoa, that's really cool and eye-opening and it made me feel different like most times when I would go back into the city. But I digress, I'm really sorry. That's like way off of what what we think about the trailer of this movie. But I think when this trailer came out, it like had, my my parents saw this in the theater, I didn't, but it, it touched them clearly in some way. And kind of genius to have it come out in December. In like, Christmas, yeah. Mm, yeah. Good marketing. <laughs> yeah, good choice of like pulling on people's like heartstrings and conscious. Um, did you watch the trailer, Shalina, or have any thoughts I, about I the trailer? Did. I probably did, but I don't remember the trailer. It's okay. I barely watched it. So <laughs> no, no sweat there. Um, the summary of Pursuit of Happiness, I'm just going to wing this. Basically, Chris Gardner is a man, a uh, family man. Him and his wife and his son live in San Francisco. They're not doing the best financially. She's pulling double shifts. He's trying to sell this bone density scanner that he poured his life savings into and is now stuck trying to get rid of, but with very little luck. And, you know, through that and through their financial troubles, he 
sees a man one day and does the TikTok trend now of asking oh, a person yeah. with what a, do you do? <laughs> yeah, a, a person with a very fancy 1980s Ferrari, what do you do and how do you do it? And this inspires him to look into stock brokering. And in order to do that, he has to go through a lot of strife. Unfortunately, his wife leaves him and He's still stuck selling these scanners. He gets evicted from their apartment, has to live in a motel, comes on very hard times because he's back on IRS payments, gets arrested before his job interview and shows up at the job interview, not looking too hot, but, you know, very smart to get through that Um, and trying to sell the rest of these bone density scanners to you know help make ends meet while also having like two of them stolen <laughs> so very um up and down highs very low lows um not really any highs actually very low lows yeah very <laughs> just, very low lows. just keep dipping down and um purely to a a relationship between a father and a son and that connection and wanting to be in your kid's life and trying to do everything in your power to do the best for them and break some cycles. And yeah, in the end, he gets the job as a um, bro- a stock broker and is able to probably pull him and his son out of poverty and his life goes on to be this huge success for a story that you know is so successful will smith wanted to make a movie about it because it's produced by overbrook his production company him and jada um so yeah did i miss anything i mean great summary very good (laughs) yep nice and concise nice well let's talk about the cast so yeah, not a huge cast. No, but. it's not. And so, I mean, I guess that makes sense with a budget of fifty-five million. Plus, it was like mainly filmed in and around San Francisco, so that was nice. And I brought, I noted that those Bart trains—they probably didn't need to pull out the old Bart trains. Those are probably the same Bart trains from the nineteen eighties <laughs> as they were in two thousand six. Oh, shame. <laughs> well, I do happen to know that. Like for Fruitvale Station, when they shot the BART scenes, that they did that like at night when like the stations were closed Mm -hmm. and or like in the train yard, like when they're on the trains. So I noticed that those trains are way better condition (laughs) than they would have been in 2006 when they shot it. Now we have like newer ish trains trickling in with new layouts and whatnot. But yeah, like the BART train hasn't changed very much much although i i do think we should do like a movie sf like location tour <gasps> oh we are gonna do that for made in america for, right that love- and wedding planner oh yeah and our little goped moped <laughs> <Nice>. holiday inn <laughs> the goped Go- moped holiday inn. <laughs> um Anyways, the cast. What are we talking about? The cast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so in addition to Will Smith, who plays the lead role as Chris Gardner, uh, we have Sandy Newton playing his uh, wife, Linda, who is, I think was more fictionalized, right? I think Linda was inspired by Chris Gardner's like first wife, who was the mother of his kids. I'm not sure, but all I know is that she didn't leave 
um, oh. yeah, her child like that, and she actually wound up caring for him well for a while while Chris was struggling and figuring oh, stuff interesting. out. But yes. so I again, I thought that choice to like fictionalize or dramatize that part of it was like kind of like uh oh man what's his name like the roger ebert article said oh, um, uh-huh. you know you're villainizing the women to basically uplift the male character in this to movie, feel but... more deeply for the main character yeah. yeah that's tough um and additionally so jaden smith as we know the real life son of will smith and jada um plays christopher little christopher um and he i think in real life, Chris Gardner's son was like 14 months or 18 months. He was like a lot smaller than five years old. Um, But I think Will's decision of like bringing his own son was to add that same kind of like closeness and bond of going through their struggles together rather than like pulling in just a yeah, and you can do a lot more with a five-year-old than a baby. So yes. I, I understand that choice. Yes. Um, um, I actually thought, okay. oh, since we're just on Jaden, I, I just wanted to say, like, I thought he was really good in this oh, movie. Yes. Oh, so good. Such yeah. a star. Yeah, we've talked about child stars before, and, you know, sometimes there's this very, like, Shirley Temple, like, hello, my baby, hello, like, you know, <laughs> like, I'm a child star, as Simone put it, and I, I want to say that was, like, the enough episode, <laughs> but, oh, um, yeah, it was bad, but, yeah, like, he, like, in the Ebony article and, and other articles, like, I think Jet, Chris Gardner jokes that, like, he was joking with Will that Jaden was, like, st- stealing the spotlight from him and stealing scenes from him. And Will note- noted, too, that he learned a lot, actually, from working with Jaden because mm-hmm. where he would, in his mind, have an idea of, like, what a scene would look like or the performance that he needed to put together like Jaden was very much just like natural and in the moment like if he needed to scratch his nose he would scratch it it wouldn't be like oh well Chris wouldn't do this like he's just like I need to scratch my nose (laughs) like or if he positioned himself different in a take or something and I think that maybe allowed uh, will to relax and also connect more to mm. like this role in some ways so i'm glad he did this movie i know i've talked with danielle about like the smith's choice of like letting their kids do show business and knowing how it is for kid actors but personally i feel like i don't know that struggle but i think the child stars that have had problems and trauma experiences never have adults around him around them with good intentions and so mm-hmm. i think that the smith kids have two parents that are always with them practically when they're working so yeah. um in this instance by all means jaden deserved whatever big check he got for this role because i'm sure i'm sure he got like a nice little saving started yes and i think uh he got like an mtv award for like best breaking role 
um, at such wow. a young age. Yeah. Wow. And well, we can get into like the acting choices later because I definitely have some notes on his like choices and his emotion um, as, a, as a child actor. But um, the last few people that we have on the roll call list are Brian Howe, who plays Jay Twistle. Um, he's also in the show Westworld, which so is Thandie Newton. Um, so I think that's pretty interesting. Um, and actor James Karen, he passed, but he played like the older guy in the stockbroker firm, Martin uh -huh. Fromm. Um, Dan Castellaneta, who for Simpson fans know him as the voice of Homer Simpson. Um, in this what? movie, he was like the head <laughs> of the interns. So the part in the movie when they ask like, oh, give me a donut was like a nod oh, to Homer Simpson. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, I know he looked I know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I guess... I don't like know what they all look like. I don't he was know. in I Space expect... Jam, I think. He was also in Space Jam. Yeah. yeah, he was like a random fan. And I remember something. learning. Yeah, that's that's Homer. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's also Kurt Fuller who plays Walter Ribbon. He's a comedic actor. He's been in. He was in like Scary Movie Two, um, Ghostbusters Two, <laughs> Midnight in Paris. I don't know. He's he's like in random random things, um, and. Uh, Takayo Fisher, who plays Mrs. Chu. Um, don't really know her much from other things, but those are kind of like the main, that's it. <laughs> um, Kevin West, who played like the homeless man who thought oh, that yes, the device yes. was a time machine. He was in like Biodome and oh. like all kinds of other small things, TV shows and stuff. So um, I definitely recognized him. I was like, hey, I Same, see yeah. him. But yeah. he's one of those actors you see and stuff, but you're not like, I know who that is. Like, hmm. you're like I've seen him before. <laughs> um, and that's it, really. I mean, this movie story revolves around the Chris's and Will and Jaden. So yes. not too much on the supporting cast. But let's get into Will and his performance. Or did you want to talk about Jaden? more since you said you um had notes on oh um well i guess we yeah we can talk about him first i think that child acting is a very very finicky thing finicky thing it's difficult to teeter along the line of being too overtly cheesy over the top what we like to call like disney channel acting like and it's just overdone but in one of in one of the interviews that will smith did was um it wasn't he wasn't with Jaden, but he had talked about the difference between Jaden and his older son is that uh, that Jaden just growing up around actors around movies around sets with him and his mom just kind of like not had this big natural ease into this role and that he was really just playing a five-year-old who had similar struggles to regular five-year-olds but layered upon having um to deal with parents splitting homelessness kind of bouncing around to I mean, he really, he stayed at the same daycare, but, you know, not knowing which parent's going to pick you up at the end of the day or, or whatever. Um, and that when preparing for this role, um, Will really talked with Chris Gardner about family, children, and fear, and how all three of those things kind of work together 
to create this role as a father figure. Um, and that from, from the first day of filming, Jaden had this clear separation of film and reality, which I guess Trey didn't like when he did, was it men in black or independence day? When yeah. he like, when he like, they were both in men in black briefly, but yeah. I think he pointed out independence day. Like he couldn't, be the like, alien movie like yeah there was like something a little different but like with Jaden that I mean granted this didn't have aliens in it but <laughs> it was like just pretty <laughs> basically playing real life um but the scene where they have to go run to catch the bus to make getting in line at Glide Memorial Church by 5 p.m um and he drops the Captain America doll those are real tears that Jaden felt very deeply. And it took him a while to like calm down after. And I cried at that part, seeing that that like, besides the basketball, that's the one thing that this kid has that he like loves and cherishes so much. And his dad's just like, drop it, leave it, come on. And he doesn't do it to be mean, but he does yeah. it because there's this clear urgency and purpose to get on the bus. And then you just see these like <laughs> silent tears as he turns away and sees this doll. Yeah. And, and he said that in real life that Jaden felt that so deeply. And I feel like it really comes across on screen that it's not like, okay, you know, spray this kid's face to give the appearance of crying. I really felt all of his emotions the like highs and lows whether it's you know pretending that there's dinosaurs so that they have to go hide in a cave or feeling frustration because they don't know where they're going to sleep next or even the moment where they go to they go back to the motel and all of their belongings are outside and Jaden's just or Christopher's just like just open the door like yes we can sleep there just the keys there open the door and Chris takes him and kind of like shakes him a little bit. He's like, we can't like, do you understand me? Like we cannot go in there. And that was another scene that made me just like completely lose it. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like for, for his age, he was acting, acting, but I think there's a real magic of also being at that age because if you remember being five, you feel things very deeply, whether it's you stubbing your toe or you lose your favorite beanie baby or <laughs> you someone beat you at a game of Monopoly, you know, like you feel things at that age. And so I felt like a lot of those emotions that you see acting, yes, but also just working really well with the age that he was. Shalina, what do you think? I feel like you've been pretty Sorry, my dog was barking, so I was <laughs> eating. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with everything you said, Simone. And uh, another scene that came to mind was when Chris pretends he gets stung by a bee. And then Christopher is like, oh, let me see. Like, are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? <laughs> and then Chris is like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Just sit back. Mm-hmm. So just seeing like that, that's such a kid response, the empathy. Like, oh my goodness, like someone that I love is hurt. Let me see if they're okay. Really stood out to me. He nailed that scene. Yeah. <laughs> And and Will too pointed out that like the Captain America scene, like they were prepared to like give him time to get there emotionally and apparently he did it pretty fast and he was kind of shocked. He's like, Why didn't you tell me you could do that? Like, you know, kind of like that like proud father thing. So I think that this probably um I'm sure like 
altered their relationship in some way, but in a positive way. Like, I think sharing your passion with anybody automatically, like, connects you at another level. Mm -hmm. And so having your kid kind of follow in your footsteps and do well at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to say, though, and I don't think you meant this, but I think that, like, being five, yes, makes this probably a lot easier. But I think to think, like, to think when you're a child actor, like, you have to memorize your script, you have to find those emotions, you have to, you're with your dad, so you have to, like, shift that, like, I'm not, like, Mm. Jaden points out in one interview that he was, like, you know, he was, like, always, not Jaden, but Will was, like, always very much in character, kind of, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. when they weren't, like, on set, or, like, they're in the trailer, and he was like, Dad, can I have some orange juice? And he's like, Christopher, we don't have money for orange juice. And he's like, <laughs> like, he couldn't, he couldn't put it off. So, like, being in that situation, I feel like could have been overwhelming, too. But, like, I'm sure, like you said, growing up around it. But I don't think, like, any kid could just walk into that, like, either. Like, he definitely has some kind of gift um for for acting um and there was another oh the scene too where um chris will smith will smith's chris okay we're chris and christopher okay so chris (laughs) they're playing basketball and you know the lovely speech of like don't ever tell anybody you can't do something like i wholeheartedly felt when Jaden was just like well fuck this basketball (laughs) because he like his body language and everything was just like okay well you're shooting down my dreams so like I don't want to play anymore like I'm just gonna go over here and like that I thought was really well acted and I feel like that's not something that you can necessarily just tell a kid to do you know like his ability to like embody that and showcase that emotion and he i don't think he really said anything like it was just very nonverbal. um Mm -hmm. acting there was really good um and and yeah like those i i just yeah i thought he was really good uh (laughs) so moving on maybe Mm -hmm. to will Mm -hmm. yeah um i feel like will smith it's it's not that he he will smithed in a non-traditional sense and for and i mean like you know we've seen him get angry we've seen him get emotional we've seen him be sad at things um and we've seen him obviously be very funny we've seen him be like that heart like the hard-ass lawyer type and enemy of the state um but this I think just like given the circumstances of the story obviously provoked a lot deeper of an emotional tone and level to it. Um, so he wasn't, he, he had for sure like funny moments, like the part we, where you were saying at the interview earlier of, um, they said, well, what would you say if someone was interviewing for a job and they weren't wearing a shirt and be like, well, they must have a really nice pair of pants then. Um, <laughs> but I think that this, I was so looking forward for this movie because I just knew that there was going to be a different caliber of acting. Um, and you see those moments subtly in in different scenes. And I think 
for me, it really ties in at the end when Chris is offered the job, but he had that interaction with Jay Twistle in the bathroom just like right before. And he's like, hey, no matter what happens, like, I'm really proud of you. You've done a lot of hard work. So he's like finishing up watching his hands and he's like, you can see it without saying it out loud. Like, oh my God, did I not get the job? And he's like giving me a pity like hey, you did good there, you tried hard or whatever, no matter what happens. You can see that emotion in his face um, and like slight confusion. Um, And then when they bring him into the like boardroom to offer him the job and he says, well, you know, wear, wear your shirt tomorrow for your first day. And you don't see it right away, but you see it when he stands up to go shake the man's hands that he's crying. And obviously, like I get that's probably like a masculine thing. You don't want to like break down and be like, oh, my God. And like, you know, like want to like shake everybody's hands. Um, But that moment of triumph, I just don't think that we've seen that in the movies. But that's because movies like Independence Day, Men in Black and Bad Boys, Bad Boys like it doesn't it doesn't call Shark for Tale. That. <laughs> 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 um it doesn't call for that yet. So it's like hard because this this role is not very comparable <laughs> to a lot of other things that he's done, but it will be comparable to some other things later on. So we'll pigeonhole this for now because we all know that he was nominated um, for an Oscar for this role, but lost Shall to force, whatever, sorry. Oh Go yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, um, as you were talking, I was just thinking um, back to when I, when you first told me that you were doing Will Smith for season two. And I, I, I think that such a, a great pick because he's, he's so talented. <laughs> like he, he's, a, he could be comedic. He could be serious. You like it, that I don't think there's any other actor that's really good at, at, at um, such diverse roles or characters. I don't know. I can't think of an actor that's so, what's the word I'm looking for? Can give you He's such like a, a variety. Army knife, yeah, yeah, it's such a variety of of character t- character types. I don't think there's any like it. I, I don't know. I think there's actors who who definitely do different types of movies. And you know, here we go back to season one. Jennifer Lopez definitely has a variety of movies, but her strong suit is not everything and i think will actually excels at everything like he's mm-hmm. funny like he's yeah. not just trying to be funny like he's funny like yeah. i'm surprised he's not a comedian half the time and the fact that he can ad lib with comedians like martin lawrence and hold his own in movies amazing um and he can be the action cool guy a la still in bad boys and the you know muscular like hottie and whatnot and he can be serious in pursuit of happiness and like i think we were starting to get like baby steps of this with legend of bagger vance but even starting back with six degrees of separation and eventually ollie but i think this is him really he says that this is one of his best performances and best movies and he also says that this was him getting out of his comfort zone as well 
I mean, we know that we just did, we just covered like two sequels, Men in Black and Bad Boys 2. So to leave that train and do something like this, like, mm-hmm. and really own it and do it well, I think shows a lot about his uh, skill set. But, but yeah, you're right. I can't off the top of my head. I'm sure. I think, okay, obviously Meryl Streep, like she, she's definitely up there with actors and actresses who can like kind of do oh, with whatever range. yeah mm-hmm. range um, that's the word i was looking yes, for range, range. Yes. who else i mean it's it's kind of hard because a lot of <laughs> yeah a lot of people just stay with like their bread and butter or like what they like to do or what's fun or you know what people expect of them it's very rare that a lot of people like move around as much in movie categories like that i would say if we're if we're i don't know what what do you feel about jim carrey because jim carrey remember when he started doing serious films people like myself were like really but (laughs) then when i saw the ser like the more serious films i was like oh yeah that works oddly i think jim carrey is good i think the only thing is i feel like it's just like that too you know mm-hmm. he doesn't have an action movie does he like or you know something i suppose that... not but he's done like rom-coms comedies serious stuff yeah academy award nominated stuff i would i would I put him up action. there yeah yeah one one does one action movie does not make it like all of a sudden oh no you're great like those are other great great <laughs> no, but I, uh, I, genres if, if you're looking at a full range of categories yeah. then yeah Makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. The Rock. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. no. Lord. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. Uh, what What do you think about his performance in Pursuit of Happiness? Shalina? Oh, stellar, stellar performance. Um, and why do you want to do this movie with us? Because you definitely had like a pick of. I think I I went I chose Hancock, but you said someone else, another guest. Yeah is doing no that more one. late fees Chain yeah drats <laughs> <laughs> i do love hancock and then yeah pursuit of happiness would be my, my second pick but um yeah i remember feeling very empathetic first time watching this i think i saw it in theaters and i actually cried uh with this oh, movie wow. the the scene when they're in the washroom at the subway station or i don't oh, know if God. it's called subway yes. you, you, sorry that's my dog it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> um Sorry, let me just. Oh, fur babies! They don't know that you're doing a podcast. They, don't know. <laughs> they just were like, "I want to hang out with you." No, we have. He barks whenever he sees people walking, um, like in the window. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? He's half Jack Russell, half Chihuahua. Oh no wonder! Uh, he's really small. Jack Chi. He's just like, yeah. oh man, what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. He hates people. He hates people. How dare oh. you walk? <laughs> oh my god! But anyways, the scene in the the washroom in the yes station. yes uh, when he's holding Chris Christopher. And he's just crying on the bathroom floor, washroom floor. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, this is so sad. And then even the part leading up to that scene where he's to get his son into the restroom, he creates like an imaginative, imaginative world 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the like traveling back to time to, to mm-hmm. dinosaurs, like very creative, like a plus on parenting for that one. <laughs> like, yeah, how am I gonna get my kid to like basically sleep in the washroom? So yeah, that was very his performance with that was just stellar. I mm-hmm. really felt for him for that, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think um, yeah, overall, just he made me really believe like he was Chris in this movie, like the hustle. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm speechless. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> he was yeah, fabulous. I, I think, um, I think too, his, the wardrobe and styling definitely helps. Like, yeah, I his appreciated hair, he dyed his hair. Like, yeah. Kinda. The little like gray patches. And I liked how it, this movie wasn't overtly eighties, which like Stranger Things is like 80s in your face, wow, yeah. kind of thing. And and sometimes movies like that or shows like that can be really distracting. But I liked that the costuming was like fairly subtle that I felt like it could be multiple different time periods. Um, and then the only time that we really get, besides like the cars and stuff, um, is when Chris is watching TV at one point and like Reagan's talking about um, like the federal budget and low employment rate. This is like on the cusp of like Reaganomics. Um, And (laughs) he like, I think that's what like Ronald Reagan is known for in in his era of presidency of, of really trying to get more jobs during this. I mean, he did a lot of other shady crooked shit, but um, he had his own, like trickle down effect of like employment and spending and having that go back to the people. You tell me if it worked. I don't know. Regardless, no. <laughs> uh, no. but um, but anyways, going back to the timeline of like the, the you're right. The costuming helped, and that they fair they wore basically the same thing because that's mm-hmm. all they had. And the real Chris Gardner had said during this time, I had two suits. And I had to keep those suits clean and um, and keep my my kid in clean clothes as well. Yeah, I did. I did find when he talked about that that he said that someone like it was a joke th- that he only had two suits and so one was blue and one was gray, and that it was basically like he was like switching sides in the Civil War, and I was just like. <sighs> That is so like distasteful. <laughs> like he is black. Like <laughs> he would not switch. Like would sides. not be. Like, yeah. But good for his now very wealthy self to like take that in stride and be like, oh, it was this joke going around that you know, given the day, I'm either fighting for the north or the south. Like yeah. I would have been like, excuse me, what do you mean by that? Do you but, think that that so did do you think that that joke came from him or like some like poor tasteless joke <laughs> at like the stockbroker firm like someone made that comment? Oh, it was definitely someone at the firm microaggression like yeah. type thing where they Ugh. were like, "Ha, ah, so funny." And he's <laughs> probably just like, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me make this cold call real quick." <laughs> like, yeah. But um yeah, the styling his hair, the mutton chops chef's kiss mm-hmm. uh i also him in a very period appropriate white undershirt tank top like mm-hmm. that was 
lovely. We got a very different shower scene than the iRobot shower scene. In this <laughs> um, but yeah, the styling, I think, helped take the Will Smith out of it all for me. Um, I think some of his mannerisms, he said that he, you know, like realizing that moving is intentional as well as a character and so you know he we joked i joked that he's a runner he's a track star yeah, in the movie. beginning <laughs> but he runs a lot in this movie we've seen will smith run he runs a time. lot in his movies yeah and i wrote i robot bad boys you enemy know, of the state men in black opening scene is him running chasing an alien um but, you know, he runs in his movies, and they're all action movies. But in this movie, he noticed, like, you know, I take pride in, like, running and looking, you know, good. But in this movie, I had to, you know, dial it back and realize that, like, the way I move, like, someone running with urgency or someone running um, and, like, when he's running away from, like, the cab driver or when he's <laughs> running away um you know down the bar and the cab driver like follows him down that cab driver was fast like yeah yeah. super fast (laughs) yeah so like running with like emotions backed behind it like i'm running away to safety in some senses or like to escape like you know this guy kicking my ass or going to jail maybe um he intentionally like you know did that and then also he noted that he also did some stuff like like his dad would have and i thought that was probably like a very natural thing to be like who's a man i know that i can model chris gardner at this time after and you know most people would probably be like oh my dad and Another thing is that in Will's book, he talks about his dad a lot and his work ethic and um, all that kind of stuff. And it reminded me of that a lot, like not necessarily what Chris did, but just like that, you know, work hard to provide for your family mindset. And even though Chris was struggling really to do that, that was his goal at all times. And he never really gave up on that goal. So... Um, I could I could definitely see like that in his acting choices of um, how he chose to like his mannerisms and portray uh, Chris into parenting because I'm sure like I highly doubt uh, he takes Jaden and, and probably not now <laughs> he's a whole man now but like I highly doubt he parented Jaden and his kids like that that much um, so probably grabbing that from his experience as a kid you know of you know his parents just making ends meet and providing what they could uh but yeah i i think this is the most that i feel like he hasn't will smithed his way through a movie where it's just like i expected this like and when i said will smith will smith himself in like a new way what i meant was that i feel like it closed this circle of range that we haven't like fully seen yet right so like we've seen comedies rom-coms action um play format with six degrees and you know music and you know that fresh prince silliness i guess 
if that's appropriate to say, but this kind of like closed the circle of being able to show this different range. And I don't know. Yeah. In the Entertainment Weekly article by Owen Gleiberman, it starts off with, (laughs) Will Smith doesn't seem the likeliest candidate to play a desperate, struggling man. Whatever the role, love coach, alien fighter, Ali, he he projects speed and good times and almost aerobic Mm self-confidence. And I think that's true. And I think this is very different. And hell, even Chris Gardner was like when they were uh, working out like the movie stuff, Will's name coming up. He was like, Will? I don't know. Has he done anything like this? Like, Hmm. and... So nowadays you hear that you're like, oh, yeah, Will Smith. Like, that sounds like he'll get it right. You know, Will or Denzel or somebody, Mahershala. Um, but sometimes, you know, you got to take a chance on an unproven kid and be like, I don't know. I guess the Fresh Prince can pay, could play me the dude from Bad Boys. <laughs> like, um, but I, I, I thought he did good. I thought, too, the scene in the bathroom when he's holding Christopher and crying but not audibly crying very much man tears of like trying to hold it together I'm sure he didn't want to wake his son but also there's like banging going on on the door of someone trying to get in and you know I'm sure that was just like scary and just all kinds of stressful as well and trying to figure out and navigate that even to when uh linda leaves and he's like don't you ever take my son and you know they're going back and forth about like custody and stuff like like will and they said in the previous articles it's good to see like a man who is like very adamant about being in his son's life and Mm -hmm. or his child's life really because i feel like most men definitely want to be in their son's lives but like um unfortunately in this case we only have a male child but like to see a dad want to be a father and like Mm -hmm. be there and like Mm -hmm. you know do the things that you know a lot of single mothers probably definitely do but it's rare to see this with a guy so i like that this isn't a big daddy type of single dad film where it's just like <laughs> yeah pee wherever and like chris is a pretty solid parent i feel like yes in this movie. um anything else um oh the scene where he gets the call from jay and this was like right after he discovered that his wife left Had left yeah um, and he didn't have a pen or paper and he had to like run down to the like market super quickly. And he's like trying to memorize the numbers and his friend comes up to him and he's like, Hey, did you see that latest game? And he's like telling him like scores and numbers and stuff. And he's like, stop talking to me about numbers. And he's like trying to memorize. Like I, that panic was just like, Oh my God, everyone just shut the fuck up so they can write it down on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to memorize it. Like, as the scene was going, I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I'm done. Yeah. I did. I think I think it was like 8640256 and then extension oh. 2756. Okay, Bria. What? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Are you also watch, Rubik's Watch that be wrong. I am. You are. She is actually really good at Rubik's Cube. <laughs> I plan on making a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Which, watching him do the Rubik's Cube in the movie, I was just like, what's his strategy? I don't think there was one because it was so new at the time, right? Well, Will definitely learned how to do it for the movie because I I feel like I've seen him, like, be like, can I still do it? But, like, the way you solve it, there's various ways to solve a Rubik's Cube, but, like, the way I know how to solve it, it's like he was doing it upside down to me. So I was just like, oh, that's really interesting. Um, But speaking about Jay Twistle and the job offer and also let's talk about the dude rest in peace pack belt because i haven't heard that in forever since like the oh AT&T yeah my was... dad used to work for pack bell <laughs> now ATD. Yeah, yeah yeah really oh my god that's mm-hmm. so cool uh shalina you'd probably definitely don't know this but pack bell was like a phone uh carrier in the bay area like oh, a okay. local um like your landlines and shit like that. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And they got bought out by AT&T. Um, but anyways, the guy he's trying to schmooze from Pacific Bell when he goes to his house, first off, when they're riding on the bus and, like, Christopher's, like, you know, his head is, like, on the window and, like, you see the beautiful homes passing by. Like, I definitely did that as a kid. Um riding through like the Oakland Hills, riding through San Francisco, like you turn a corner and boom, it's just like these huge, like big, nice houses. And, you know, you're like, I want to live there someday. And like seeing that little white boy running with his little basketball and being like, ah. Um, but I, I thought it was like, I don't know, it was heartbreaking to me that that guy, I mean, great for him for letting him come to the Niners game in the box. R.I.P. Candlestick. <laughs> but that he, like, strung him along and was just like, well, you're new. I, I'm not going to trust you with, like, that's not the point. He's trying to get you to go to his firm. Like, he's not trying to take over your accounts per se. Like, he's just trying to, like they said in the beginning, like, reel them in and we'll cook the fish. Like, the other dudes who have been at, um, what Dean Witter um, mm-hmm. would have taken care of the more financial part of it. But I don't know. That 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 whole part gave me the ick, the the part of even the cab part. When he's like, I mean, can I borrow $5? And I'm like... I, I was going to be pissed <laughs> if that movie, like, let you bad hands. Like, if that movie ended without him getting his 5 And then oh, I breathed a sigh of relief. And he's like, oh... I didn't forget. That part like, made me cry when he, when he was like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's your $5. I'm like, oh. Uh, yes. And then, um, but just, like, even to his interview, like, where, unfortunately, he spent a night in jail, which um, didn't quite happen that way. But um, I, I'm fine with that wrongness of this mm-hmm. movie portrayal. But um, he spent the night in jail and goes to the interview and doesn't look his best obviously but like that just just the position of this black man trying his damnedest to get him and his son out of poverty taking mm-hmm. a chance at trying to get an internship mm-hmm. and you have four very affluent white men across from him being like huh and why should we hire you <laughs> like 
it, it just like always and it it's not like that they did anything it's just that that's like the dynamic that like you know we're all noticing and fighting against of just like look at who's always in power and like how hard it is to get your foot in the door and even when that one guy who's like in charge of the interns alan frackish is like oh some of you are here because you know somebody or some of you are here because you are you know actually talented or smart um that also grinded my gears because you know that there were kids in there whose daddy worked there, whose uncle, who, yeah, know, somebody there. And here you have this guy, too, when he was um, living living out of the shelters and always had his suitcase. And they're like, oh, what's that for? Are you going somewhere? And I'm like, how do you not clue in that this man is, like, struggling somehow? Like, I I just yeah. feel like the lack of, like, people being like, I think something's going on with Chris. Like, he, he's wearing the same two suits, carrying around a suitcase. I know he ain't going on golf trips to get clients. Like, that has to be a lie. Like, Yeah, either they were completely ignorant or the story, like, brushes past that. I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched enough interviews with the real Chris to know if he – and maybe he talks about this in his book. Maybe he was honest or maybe just out of like pride didn't want to share what was happening. Yeah. Right. And like, I think we can appreciate both scenarios of that. But uh, yeah, for someone to at least not to catch on and to be a complete asshole and just ignore it and not someone to come up and be like, do you need do you need like a hot meal? Like, would you like to come over for dinner? Like, we can't be able to like we can't have you stay, but we'd love to have you over for dinner or something. When the, you know, when they go to the 49ers game and the guy's like, oh, just put that in your car. Like, why are you taking that? And that's why he fakes yes. the beasting to be yeah. like, oh shit, something's happening. Like, distract him, and then that's why he's also irritated that Christopher's like, what's what? Are you okay? Where's it at? And he's like, shut up. <laughs> um, but that and then. They're going into their lovely palatial home and they're walking, Chris and Christopher walking away from the street. Like, how do you not notice that there is not a car like that they're getting into and like any, I don't know. It's just <laughs> the white people in this movie bothered yeah, me. I agree. <laughs> and that is why I brought my hot sauce, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were... There's just a lot of ignorance and or just like maybe they knew and or they they thought something was going on and they chose to look the other way, which is even worse. I mean, I get like I know how I don't even work somewhere that high up, but I know office culture like people are very much like this. Sometimes they're just like, this is my job and neither should know the two of like my personal life or whatever and so I understand that position but I just like I just felt like so many times throughout the movie like even his friend that helped him move that owed him $14 oh and that he was prick. just like <laughs> yeah oh. I was just like like I don't know I just I wish he had community like I'm just like he doesn't have like a family member that he could stay with with this child or like anybody who's just like you know, compassionate or empathetic enough to be like, hey, he could have slept in homeboy's, like, little gremlin he had. Like, something instead of, like, being like, well, good luck. Like, I don't know. 
But yeah, that pissed me off too that he was just like, oh, I thought we cleared that up. I hoped you moved. And he's like, you drove me two blocks. That does Horrible. not make it $14. Mm-hmm. And even then, you know I'm struggling. Exactly. Give me my money. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I just, all throughout this movie, I just wanted someone to help them. And I feel like in this country that, you know, we get taught that, like, if you work hard, if you do this, then you will be successful and all this stuff. And I just think that that's just not true. And even like you said, like, this movie is very specific. Like, this doesn't just happen to anyone. And I think telling stories the way they chose to tell this story, a lot of the, like, fan comments and reviews I've seen is like, oh, this is so inspirational and stuff like that. And I get people probably relate to this for sure, but I just feel like it's also selling something. Like, the American dream is, like, really cracked. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. real. Like... The days of hounding somebody outside of their office so that they'll pull pull your uh, job application to the top of the stack or, you know, things like that don't happen anymore. Yeah. And I'm sure it rarely happened then at that time. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Just the improbability of it all. It's a real story, though. But it's a real <laughs> story. Yeah. I'm just like, Ugh. Don't give people false help. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely other factors: <clears throat> race, gender, where you live, access mm-hmm. to certain resources. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, luckily, Chris was smart enough to like seek out a lot of this stuff to like be like, you know what? Okay, that guy said stockbroking is what got him that fancy ass car. I'm gonna go look into that. Mm-hmm. And luckily, too, that he was like what a traveling salesman so he didn't really have like a job that would keep him from Mm -hmm. pursuing that granted he did need to sell (laughs) those bone dead city scanners but at the same time like he had figured out a wedge of time enough to like get his foot in the door and do what was necessary to jumpstart that i also felt it was shitty that it made it seem like linda didn't believe in him like that he could do that when she was a prick as well her character (laughs) so many pricks in this movie (laughs) which i'm okay with women being the villain she didn't have to be super supportive but that wasn't real that's not how like they're Mm. the real okay good i'm glad it wasn't real okay yeah (laughs) yeah the real mom like definitely took uh christopher at points when chris couldn't like stuff together make ends meet i'm not saying that they didn't struggle together either like chris and christopher like all of that's fake but like to just paint her as like being like i'm done bye it Mm. did she did at a moment be like well i'm his mom he should go with me but he's very adamant about him staying with her but i think the age of the real christopher like being 14 months yeah of course, like the mom was probably still somewhat yeah. involved. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, basically, that's my gripe with this movie. <laughs> it's <laughs> capitalism and the affluent white people who are just like, oh, and that one prick who's like, oh, move my car, get me donuts, all that. That's the Homer, Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> but in real life, Chris Gardner said that he's really good friends with the guy who was actually like that to him 
And I guess Uh-oh. that was his way of testing him because he was like, I knew you were the guy. Oh, I just had so to. So I hate that mentality of like, okay, so what? I have to be a dick to you for you to earn yeah. my respect and trust. Rude. Yeah. That I guess- into be persistent i guess i suppose that as well but i think that's also is and maybe that i just feel like that's a stereotype with like the, the stocks in wall street that everyone yeah. it's just this like true dog eat dog you know it's not as over the top as wolf of wall street was but in some ways like when they were walking through the like building and everyone's screaming on, on the phone and it's all kind of loud and chaotic i've never stepped foot in a firm like that but ah. Stockbrokers, if anyone listens, uh, <laughs> write to us at loyaloats at gmail.com and please let us know, is it true? Is the office really like that? Yeah, I couldn't do that job. Ferrari be damned. Like, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not trying to gamble with people's life savings and money. <laughs> like, Yeah. So, no thank you. Um, anything else? Uh, I have a question and I know, you know, we're going to be closing in on time, but so this movie was only Academy Award nominated for Best Actor, uh, which was Will Smith and Will Smith was up against Leonardo DiCaprio and Blood Diamond, Ryan Gosling and Half Nelson, Peter O'Toole and Venus, um, but ultimately lost to Forrest Whitaker, who played uh, in The Last King of Scotland. Do you think that this movie could have also been content like in the running to be a contender to be at least like director or film writing Definitely. like this was the only award nomination now i know we have a whole shit list on the academy <laughs> in general but i was just i was surprised that that was the only nomination yeah uh shalina what do you think oh definitely for writing for sure um and what was the other one uh producer no director like- Probably director, like best director, best yeah. film. Um, hell, I thought Jaden probably he could be nominated. <laughs> like, yeah, it was very strong performance. Yeah, I think definitely director. Watching like the the behind the scenes thing where Gabriel Moschiano talks about like the making of the movie alongside Will, how Will picked him. And by the way, he's an Italian director who barely spoke English. So Mm -hmm. like the language barrier was very interesting to hear him like talk about or try to see him try to direct things and not quite know like what to say or just gesticulating a lot and trying to. And he um, praised working with Will. But um, I think that's too like part of what lends to like the force pumps about a of this movie is like the directing and the way things were told like he's a really good like emotional storyteller because mm-hmm. like thinking about like the directing in Ali or you know Robert Redford with Legend of Bagger Vance like this movie definitely had like this good undertone throughout of the movie and there wasn't anything I felt that was like directorial like over the top or too much or and the the budget of this movie he talked about like you know usually for like the running through the street scenes and stuff you would have like a street with period cards and that's 
that's it. They shut down like four blocks of San Francisco's like market district. That's not easy. Yeah, and lined it with period correct cars and stuff. I always wonder about that stuff because I'm like, how do they find all these old ass cars (laughs) and like get them all in place and like make it all like look appropriate but um but yeah it's not that's not easy and commanding a set of that size for the first time and doing that like i just i just think he's probably like really underrated and under the radar i'm curious if he's done anything as big since um Hmm. oh he directed seven pounds so we'll get to talk about him again okay nice um he did Fathers and Daughters with Amanda Seyfried and Russell Crowe, but okay. yeah, he's he's just not someone like that you know of by name necessarily off the yeah. top. But I definitely think he deserves that, like at least a um, nomination. Martin Scorsese won Best Director that year, anyways, for The Departed, which that would have been really difficult uh, to go up against. Um, it did win um, for like as a film. It did win. Uh, and an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Motion Picture. Um, this is why we have our own award shows. <laughs> <laughs> and it did win um, a Teen Choice Award for like Best Drama, oh. and then oh, wow. Chemistry. Uh, Jaden and Will Smith all won. Nice. Like together as like Best On Screen Chemistry, which. Duh, that makes sense. But yeah. I mean, but yeah, I just I feel like Os- there was some more Oscar snubs in this. It was a yeah. little bothersome to me. Um, anything we would change about this? I I highly doubt we'll get a sequel. Although I was thinking it would be cool if Christopher actually turned out to be a basketball player. <laughs> but I know <laughs> I know that the real Christopher Junior didn't. So, um, but a hell of a like. Uh, origin story, so to speak. Yeah. But anything um, change or... Yeah, I guess maybe just having the mom be more a part of it and seeing a, a dynamic of an entire family unit struggle together with homelessness and trying to keep their heads above water um, might have added a little bit more depth to the movie um, or just another, you know, female perspective too of like a caretaker, you know, would she have to quit her job to like watch um, Christopher full time or could Christopher still go to daycare um, and then she could still be pulling double shifts? I mean, I don't know. It just, I think that would have been interesting if they had kept that part in. Shalina. Yeah, uh, for me, I wouldn't, I can't think of anything they could change, but what would be cool is if, um, like in recent times, if they did like a documentary style version, Ooh. like with with him, like interviewing the real Christopher, the real son, the wife, and the worker, like his boss and everything. Yeah. Like a Netflix, I don't know, special or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. I, and this is more so because like Fandy Newton kind of like iffy these days, but I would be curious if they replaced her with somebody. Um what that would look like because like I think she was good but I don't know I just I was just like what if we got like a Viola Davis or uh, Angela Bassett or hell bring Regina King back like mm. um in this role and um I would I would like to see the success story of Chris Gardner like this is very the rags to riches but I would like to see like what it was like for one he's we 
in this when he gets like the starter job, but he goes on to have his own firm and brokerage and is super successful and winds up selling that for like multi-million dollars. Mm -hmm. Like what does that journey look like? Okay, we got the job. Now how do we, you know, achieve all of the things that he was able to achieve? Um, I want to know what nice house he bought in San Francisco or did he move out of the city? Did he get a Ferrari? Yeah, and like... I, I don't want to shit on this movie because I think it's a great movie. I wouldn't give it four pumps of butter just to, like, be copacetic. Like, I do think it's awesome. But it goes to that territory of, like, we're so used to seeing black stories that are about, like, struggle and strife. But this is an actual success story. And it would be great to actually see a successful black stockbroker in a movie. Like, what does that look like? I don't know what that looks like. I know Don Cheeto has the TV series Black Monday, which is like a 80s period piece with him and Regina Hall. And but it's like very like kind of campy. But this would be dope to touch on that part of his life and success instead of just the homelessness and to i i agree with the documentary because chris gardner has like very interesting origins like his parents and growing up as well which we didn't get to see in this movie so i don't know i just think there's more to chris gardner that could be told somehow whether that's a documentary or another movie or a tv series or docu-series i don't know but it's definitely i think worth revisiting in some capacity yeah um and what else snack cocktail i'm going i'm going like candlestick fair food man something about watching a football game at candlestick so that that stadium's no longer there now it hadn't been used for quite some time i remember once i did a like 5k color run in like the back parking lot like where we ran around candlestick there was like broken glass everywhere it was like not the best place to do a race but um if I'm not going like San Francisco, Chinatown, like maybe some, maybe something good over there. Um, I was just thinking like a candlestick beer and a, and a hot dog. All right. Chilena? Oh, I'm not sure. This is, sorry. This is the part where you pick like just a random. Like, um, and it doesn't have to be super structured because I'm terrible, oh. but um, like sometimes if they ate something in the movie and you're like absolutely that burger looked amazing oh, i make okay, me okay. a homemade burger uh to go with this movie and like a drink that you feel like fits the theme of the movie or just like accompanies okay. the movie well or um that macaroni and cheese like a dairy-free macaroni and oh. cheese <laughs> and i don't i don't drink alcohol but i'm i love tea so Ooh, yes like i don't yeah. know if tea goes Brain. with macaroni and cheese chinatown (laughs) yep (laughs) that's when i fell in love with with tea was like after chinese food like getting Mm. green tea (sighs) at the end yes did you oh you said a beer with the candlestick food um i just actually made some homemade burgers this week so when he made that burger for them i was just like oh damn deja vu (laughs) so i i I guess i'll go with that um and drink wise i feel like the 
the stockbroker of it all feels like a very like either like a neat like whiskey or something mm-hmm. or with like those marble like cold stones in them yes or ooh, but with that like i deserve like a really nice ass steak i feel like, like yeah why not lobster i don't know so it depends if we're going like down on my luck not to struggle meals <laughs> going homemade cheeseburger mm-hmm. and probably like a like some Kool-Aid. Cause oh too, did you see uh Linda's Thandy Newton's character when they finished oh, dinner? Yes. She poured their like juice back in the tea thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they have a little teacher. Yeah, it's like that is like some real like low income, like you got it. Hey, we ain't wasting this. So mm-hmm. something like that. Or if I'm already successful stockbroker at Dean Witta, um, I'm going steak and very expensive like cognac or something (laughs) i don't know Uh, i love it okay i was i was just thinking i feel like a good drink to go with this movie is water for all that running oh (laughs) (laughs) a little gatorade (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's a good one (laughs) maybe milk for the bone density machine A calcium rich drink, yes. Uh, except it seems like you're lactose intolerant, or yeah, I, slightly. Yeah, and I'm also a vegan, so I don't drink okay. or eat dairy. Yeah, yeah but so yeah, dairy maybe will mess not up. for Shalina. <laughs> <laughs> maybe some almond milk or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, Shalina, tell the people where they can follow you and get your content what you got coming up next um i know your 90s versus 2000 series is over the 90s one Mm. yes Um, i did win but i came back and won for 2000s for the music collection (laughs) i didn't see that um but yeah what do you got going on and where can the people find you on social media Uh, so at the time of recording this um this week i'm going to be releasing uh, my episode on the Destiny's Child deep dive that I did <gasps> for the past month. I like just been studying their beginnings, their and beginning you days. Listen to Beyonce after that. That's <laughs> no, like I the next not. step. That's how I became a Beyonce. <laughs> the progression. Fan. Yeah. No, like I said, I don't know. I just never gravi- gravitated towards her for some reason. No, nothing against her. Just um, see, so yeah, I'm excited to release that, and um, yeah, that's about. That's as far as my planning for episodes have gone. And um, for those of you that are interested, my podcast can be found on Spotify, Google Pods, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods. Um, just search Everything 90s Podcast and it's the numerical 90 with an S. And on Instagram, my handle is Everything 90s Podcast. And I joined Twitter, but Everything 90s was taken because I took so long. Oh. <laughs> Come on, so it's... <laughs> Everything ninety pod. It's it sounds really bad. Oh, but. I mean roll call is taken on Twitter. That's why we put the pod. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but mine doesn't make sense because everything ninety. Like what? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Until I come okay. up with a, a more creative one, that's that's my handle on Twitter. Yeah, you could maybe like I don't know if you feel comfortable doing that, but like include your name or something because I know sometimes like podcasts they'll have like the hosts will have like their podcast handle where it's like simone at roll call or simone underscore roll call or whatever to differentiate Mm. from their personal anyways but you also just got tiktok right it's the same yes i joined tiktok as well 
Um, good luck. Yeah, I haven't been. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Instagram has. I haven't been a fan of Instagram lately with reaches and how their um, algorithm algorithm yeah. is. So I'm like, let me try other platforms and see what connect with other '90s uh, kids on other platforms. Oh, there's plenty on TikTok. So Yay. I hope you make okay. friends and connections. Um, Thank you. TikTok just it's. <laughs> It's daunting to me sometimes. It is daunting, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you again for guesting with us. So glad you could come. Yes. Have to have you next year with whoever Simone chooses. Thank you for listening to this week's episode and to the people who stuck with us so far, please come back for another episode of the Dean Witter version of Inside the Actor Studio. But seriously, if you like us enough to stick around, park your Ferraris, but don't ask me to do it for you and take another deep dive down this IMDb rabbit hole with us. Yes, and on that note, if you've got nothing better to do, go figure out a theme to watch a bunch of movies you've never seen. I'm Simone. Please subscribe to this blessed mess. We're not going to give you cold calls and ask you to do it. So you got to just hit that subscribe, please. And like us, leave us a like, please, if you are into it. And I'm your host, Bria, and it would be awesome for you to wipe off those buttery popcorn fingers, shimmy up that call list, and give us a review. Follow us at Roll Call Pod on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and my hate it or love it tweet tweet tweeter tweet tweet. (laughs) twitter twitter all right and this has been another episode of roll call and cut